Hello, and welcome to the Selling St. Pete podcast, your go-to resource for all things real estate and all things St. Pete. I'm your host, Nicole Sanchez. Hello, and welcome to the Selling St. Pete podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Sanchez. And on this episode, we are joined by Kelly Abanda. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have some conversation. Yes. You know, when I first when I first um, launched this podcast, my intention was to share real estate tips and tricks, but also to highlight some of the great businesses that we have here in St. Pete. And I didn't realize you know, how much of an entrepreneurial Mecca we live in. There are so many business owners here and um, such a supportive community to live in for entrepreneurs. And, you know, the group, the networking group that we're in brought us together. So we have to give a shout out to the St. Pete Girl Bosses. Girl and Bosses. Sandy Bean and her incredible vision and the squad that, pour their heart into making it come true and helping us all collaborate and grow together our businesses. Um, But that said, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and um, where you're from, how you got here, what happened in between? Well, that's a very loaded question with my (laughs) history. So I'll just hit some highlights that I know are often that pique people's interest because there's some unusual parts of my story. So I grew up in the Midwest in Wisconsin and Minnesota. And then after working in a corporate job for a little while, I moved out to LA, thought I was going to be there for a year and ended up spending almost 20 years in LA. And at the end of my time in LA, I, which I ended up loving by the way. So this will sometimes happen where you go to a place one time and think, oh, I don't like it. But when you spend more time there, then you're like, oh, I actually really, one thing about LA that I loved was as a tourist, I didn't like anything that people like go to LA to visit, like Beverly Hills or Venice Beach. Like I didn't like any of that stuff, but the actual day-to-day life in LA is really awesome. There's a lot of layers of things happening. So I ended up loving that and connecting and staying for all that time. But at the, toward the end of that, I was working in a job, had like a senior leadership position and on the outside, everything was great, but I had this discontent on the inside and finally decided I was going to do something about that. So I quit all the safety and security so that I could live out one of my lifelong dreams, which was to have a fairly unstructured solo trip around the world. And I was going to travel. I quit that job. I was going to just travel for like three months in the beginning. And that all changed when I actually started doing it. And I ended up traveling for almost four years in the end, over 20 countries. And that really transformed my life. And during that time, I decided I would finally have the courage to start my own business, which I had thought about for a really long time, but I finally decided to do it. And so in these last several years, I've been coaching people. So I help people who are feeling stuck and they've got a dream that they want to do, but they can't quite figure out how to do it. I help do that. And then along that way, I've made other connections. So the way that I ended up in St. Pete, I think it's really, especially because, you know, if this audience are people who are considering moving to St. Pete or are here, but are trying to uncover those other layers, 
there really is an energetic pull in this place. And that's what happens. People will say, well, like, how did you pick St. Pete? I just will say it was fate. So I came a year ago to a friend's birthday gathering. She just had a small little thing. And I thought, oh, I'm just going to go and be part of her birthday. But when I got here, I just had this intuitive sense that I needed to be here. And I can, it's starting to unfold now, but at the time it just felt like there's something really special here. Not only is it a beautiful, like to be at the beach and to see like how beautiful that is, but there was an energetic kindness and excitement in this place. And so that's really what piqued my interest. And so I decided to, you know, uproot my life again. And I drove across the country and relocated here about six months ago in the middle of 2022. And since then have connected with lots of other entrepreneurs. So in, in those stories, like I think for me, one of the big things that I'm learning in all of these years of life is to really pay attention when you have an intuitive pull to something, to be, get curious about it and don't, don't let logic overrule it. Sometimes mm -hmm. you just have a knowing and it's because whatever your spiritual beliefs are, there's something bigger than you that knows there's something good for you if you will just trust and believe. Most so definitely. that's a huge piece. And so St. Pete, I've, it's been confirmed since I've been here too, like lots of other people feel that pull. So anybody who's listening, who's been thinking about it, or you've visited here and have felt like there's something about it, there is something about it. So you should get here and figure out what it is for you. Well, and I can relate to that because, you know, I worked prior to real estate, I worked in sports almost 20 years spent 10 years of that in baseball over for three different teams and all of the teams I worked for except for one trained in Arizona for spring training and so I spent a lot of time in Arizona and if you're familiar with the spring training and how each state has it Arizona is very um, uh, concentrated in the Phoenix area and I'll be dating myself. When I was there, it was Phoenix and Tucson, but now they've moved the Tucson um, clubs up to the Phoenix, greater Phoenix area. So I was a bit of a snob and I was like, oh, I would never want to live in Florida. It's humid there. It rains all the time. Spring training spread all over the place. Um, and they say, if, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans, right? So that phrase came back to haunt me when my dream job of traveling the world and working in tennis um, came to me and it just so happened to be headquartered here in St. Pete. And so I moved down for that. And over the course of time, the dream job lost some of its luster, but what I learned in the process was every time I returned home from a trip internationally, I really looked forward to returning home. And and everything that I had here in St. Pete. And so I wanted to figure out how can I keep myself here? And real estate is what has kept me here. So yeah, it definitely has a pull for sure. I, and before we move forward, I'm just curious to see of your four years traveling and the 20 countries, do you have a highlight or two that just really stick out for you? So it's, I mean, it's, uh, I get asked that question a lot of like, what was your favorite thing? And it is hard to pick one thing. So I, I will categorize it. 
So one, it, one I would say Fiji was a transformational experience for me. And it wasn't because of what you, I think when, when we hear about Fiji, to be honest, before I arrived there, I didn't really know much about it except for that it, I hear about the water and I know there's islands and it's beautiful. Like that's all I knew. But when I got there, I ended up, I mean, the Fijian people are so warm. They, it's just who they are. They're genuinely like whoever they meet. It's like your family, you've been there forever. You have a space, there's a space for you. And I ended up spending in the end, I think seven months in Fiji. And a lot of that, I was out like on a remote island with limited electricity and outdoor toilet, outdoor kitchen, like could not have been more opposite from LA. <laughs> and that experience, like, yes, it was beautiful. Yes, it was exotic in the way of like being in these tropical islands that you, you know, you see these beautiful pictures of. But the transformation was really because in that season, in that time in Fiji, people are like, well, what did you do? And I'm like, I just was, I just existed. And that really shifted how I looked at life and what I expected I needed to be happy. And that time is so valuable to me, not only because of getting to experience something that was very unique, but like what that did on the inside of me. And they're so focused, Fijian culture, like many island cultures and lots of other places as well, but they're so communally focused mm -hmm. that it really started to make me, I've all, community's always been important to me, but seeing the way that they, especially in the villages, they're really out for looking out for each other. And so that means that nobody's ever going to fall behind. Mm -hmm. It also means nobody's ever going to be really far ahead of everybody else because they're all coming to help each other. And that's so opposite of what we learn here, oh, which is sure. like, you think about yourself, you go forward and, you know, like you say no to things so that you can be ahead. Mm -hmm. And that's just not how they live. So that was really transformational. And, and I then imagine I, yeah. you would really tap into resourcefulness. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to figure out how to be resourceful when you don't have at your fingertips anything and everything that we most people think you need mm -hmm. to have life. Yeah. Well, and when you don't, the thing though about if if you've never had it, you're not necessarily expecting to have it. Right. So but that, when you, know, you have it and you go, yes, you know, sort of backwards. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and then the, and then the real challenge, if I'm honest, this could be a whole conversation just in itself, <laughs> but the real challenge then comes when you're back in the space where all of that is possible, then you have to, then you have to make conscious choices right. when it's not available. You have to be resourceful and figure out like, how am I going to navigate without the thing I think I need? Mm -hmm. Then you realize I didn't actually need that thing. So now that I have access to it, do I pick it back up again or do additional choices to say, I know that's available but it's not actually what I want. That's mm -hmm. where, like, that's actually harder. So yeah. anyway, so there's been so many things. And then the, the big overarching thing, you know, I got to spend a lot of time. There's some, there's like four countries I spent at least four months in each of these. So Morocco, South Africa, New Zealand, and Fiji. And in each one of those, an overarching theme was community. Connecting to local people, connecting to people who were looking for genuine connections in return. That made so much difference in the entire trip because I got invitations to do things that I wouldn't have gotten through a travel agent. Mm -hmm. it, it meant I got to see how day-to-day -day life was in those different spaces. And that's a very different thing than if you go 
on a tour of something or you go to what's being presented to tourists. Right. You know, it's kind of like Instagram versus reality, but mm-hmm. in a really great way, right? Like being able to Absolutely. see what it's really like. So that that is huge. And I value authenticity and community so much. They're influential. And I'm sure we'll talk about this. But since I've been in St. Pete, I had this really powerful idea of a new arm for my business. And it's authenticity and connection and community are the core of that as well. Awesome. So what was it over the course of your travels over those four years that drove you, gave you the courage to step into being a business owner? And, and how did that process evolve when you thought about being a business owner and, and when you rolled out Biz Bestie Lounge, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, was it what you envisioned? Did it evolve? Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So Biz Bestie is, is new, new, like it just got launched last in the end of 2022. So that's, it's still very new, but in the beginning phases, my business was very, it had a very different focus, but the question around like, how did I get the courage to finally do it? It's such a great question. And I, the, really the thing is that trip, so many magical things happened when I took steps in belief that something magical could happen instead of figuring I have to get it all planned out and know what the path is going to be trusting that I'm going to take a step and things are going to come together. Seeing how that actually worked in my life while I was traveling to all those places, I would go, like when I went to Morocco, I knew nobody in Morocco. I didn't really know much about Morocco. It was at a time when people were talking like, you know, there were a couple of tourists who had gotten into trouble and people were like, it's maybe not safe. It's especially not safe for a solo female. I could have let all that stop me, but I was like, I know that's not everybody's experience. So I'm going to trust that something really great is on the other side of this. And indeed it was, I ended up loving it so much. I spent four months there instead of just the week that I had planned. So that seeing on the other side of fear was magic. I was like, okay, if I believe that it could happen over here, why am I not believing that this could also happen if I step out and start my own business? Because previously I had done all the research about like coaching programs and like, what do I want to do? But I always let fear of like, well, What if I can't find clients? What if I don't know how to charge people? What if it fails? What if, what if, what if, what if? I let all that hold me back from actually trying. And this experience just made me know, here's a question I asked myself before I quit that job in LA. What would I regret more? Doing this, even if it goes terribly or not doing this. And almost always, if you have to ask yourself that kind of question, almost always your answer is going to be, I would regret not trying. Mm -hmm. And so I asked that same question again, what would I regret more? Going back to the safety and having a paycheck and all the security and I'm going to know, or would I regret, you know, which one am I going to do? And I was like, I would regret not trying. Yeah. If I, if I try and fail, I'll deal with it. Daniel Pink wrote a, a great book, The Power of Regret that really mm-hmm. talks about you know using regret to move you forward or or the power of having that regret if you didn't mm-hmm. you know ask the boy out or you know quit the job and and try the business or whatever it is that fear is holding you back from mm-hmm. yeah, and really he talked cool. about the end of life you know when people got to the end of their life what their biggest regrets were 
And nine, I think it was nine times out of 10, it was a, a very high number. It was the things that people didn't make the risk to do. I mean, it makes so much sense. Like when you look, when you look back, mm. you don't usually regret, even if something doesn't go the way you thought it was going to go. Usually we don't regret at least trying. Right. So. Because so many times we learn the lessons or learn massive lessons through failure. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, unfortunately, I think if, if any, if you're wired, like I is, I'm wired, which is I'm pretty stubborn <laughs> and I don't like to be told what to do. I'm a rule. I call this, I call it the rebellious rule follower because I don't like love breaking rules. I'm not like I, whatever, but I, I want to push the boundary. I don't like, I will be okay. Like if there's some parameter, but I don't want you to like, keep reminding me of the parameter or like, you know, tell me what I should or shouldn't do. I want to be able to make that judgment myself. And I'm, the good part about that is I'm independent minded. I can do things like, you know, travel by myself and trust that I'm going to figure it out. The downside is that I often won't really believe a lesson until there's been a real life experience and then it's powerful and I'll pay attention. So yeah. I think if you're wired like that, sometimes it really does take that negative experience to be like, oh, okay, now I see, <laughs> now, now it makes sense, but I wouldn't take your word for it. And so because of that, because I want to have the experience myself, I can see now that even if the experience has some kind of negative outcome, mm -hmm. I chose to have the experience and that's better than somebody telling me I couldn't have the experience. Mm -hmm. choice so yeah there are so many ways I could go with that but I definitely want to take time to talk about um, Biz Bestie Lounge and what you are doing because I think what you offer with your business is something that's so needed especially in an area like this that has so many entrepreneurs because it can feel isolating you can feel like you're on an island or you're the only one facing challenges that you're facing in your business and so can you talk about uh biz bestie lounge and and what entrepreneurs can get with that yeah i'd love to so i'm so excited about this because really this like we were just talking about when you go through hard things Sometimes that's where you learn your lesson. And this really was birthed out of my own pain as an entrepreneur and then pain that I saw in other entrepreneurs of feeling like I'm the only ones, everybody else has it figured out. I'm the only one who hasn't gotten it figured out yet. Or like, hey, I have this really big vision and I don't know where it's how to prioritize to start making that happen. Or I just am overthinking so much because I want to make the best choice that then I take make no choice. And I'm stagnant and I'm not growing the way that I would hope to grow. So all of that coming together, thinking about like what has really helped me in my personal life, community, having a space where I could be heard and receive feedback. So Biz Bestie Lounge is a space where, so it's a membership, it's a paid membership for female entrepreneurs where they have a weekly space that they can show up and say, this is something I would love feedback or input on from other entrepreneurs mm -hmm. because I'm overthinking it or I'm stuck or I feel like I don't have an answer or I've got lots of answers and I don't know which one to choose. So using that collaborative space to say, I'm going to show up and be a resource for other people 
and they're going to be a resource for me in return. And so it has been, we just launched in November. It has been so cool to see the growth in the people who show up to those calls and ask questions for themselves and then give input to other people. People have made progress on starting podcasts. People have, who've been talking about starting a group coaching program for a long time, like their final February, they're doing it. Like they're launching the thing because now they have community. Now they have some accountability. Now they don't feel like I'm doing this all alone. And what if I get it wrong? Mm-hmm. Now they're like, I'm going to try it. If I get it wrong, at least I've got a community of people who's going to help, help me keep moving forward. Yeah. And I saw that come to life in your solopreneur social where, you know, you invite people and almost give them uh, a test drive of the Biz Bestie Lounge with that event. Um, Can you talk a little bit about that event and do you have any coming up? Yes. So I am going to do another one. I think it's January 25th. So depending on when people are listening, if it's before that. Um, and then I will probably do more as well, but the solopreneur social is really, it's a bigger, it's a way for you to network and connect with other entrepreneurs to have a space that feels like, oh, these are all people who get it. Because if you're, if you have run your own business in any way, shape or form, you know that other entrepreneurs get it because they're in the same boat, but there's a lot of people who just don't understand because they're used to just a nine to five job. Somebody tells them, this is what you have to do. They go and meet the expectations. They don't understand all the intricacies, all the mental, the mental challenges that it'll bring. Like, you know, really entrepreneurship can bring out all your insecurities. It can bring out all the things that frustrate you. It's got all the great things too. But when you, people start their businesses, they're not necessarily thinking like, oh, this is going to bring up every fear that I've had, Mm -hmm. but it does. It brings up every single fear that we have. Um, because especially if you're doing anything that's, you know, service-based or based on what you're bringing to somebody, mm-hmm. it feels personal, right? So the solopreneur social is a way for people to connect, to be seen and heard. And then uh, there is also a space in there that people can, there's a hot seat, we call it a hot seat. So somebody gets on that seat and says, here's the one thing that I'm really struggling with. And almost immediately people in the space will go, oh, I have an idea for that. I have an idea for that. And what I say is, as you know, I don't take credit for this phrase. I wish I knew I should do more research. I've tried to eat. Anyway, if any listeners know who originally said this, please tag me and let me know. Um, but it's, you can't read the label from inside the jar. Mm. And that happens, especially in entrepreneurship. When we are inside the jar, we're inside our business. Sometimes we can't see what's really clear to somebody from outside the business. Mm-hmm. And if you flip that, when you are on the outside of somebody else's issue or problem or struggle, you can often see a very easy way forward that they just can't see. Mm-hmm. So having that space where, and especially because it's a community of women and women in general, we love to help each other. So you can show up and know like, I can help somebody else. Even that on a subconscious level helps you to know I'm not actually stuck. Right. I have good ideas. I I am, you know, I am able to come up with solutions, but when you're just on your own, it can feel like, ah, I don't know what the answer is. Right. So in that space, it is really a test, a test drive of here's what happens every week inside of the Biz Bestie Lounge, but you get the bonus too of like, now I'm connecting with new people. 
there's cool people in this space, maybe I want to connect with them. And you never know what kind of collaborations could come from that in the future too, because now you're connected with people that you're like, ooh, just like how I felt about St. Pete, where I was like, there's something about that. Sometimes you're in a room of other people and you think that about people like, ooh, I want to be around you. Yeah. And I, you know, you said something really powerful about how women like to help each other out and, and help out other people. And I think, I don't know if it's patriarchy or culture or where the idea or notion that women want to tear down one another or hold each other back. Because from my experience, especially here, you know, St. Pete Girl Boss is a prime example. And in less than a year, it went from a vision to 3,500 people, you know, women entrepreneurs wanting to collaborate, wanting to work together, wanting to lift each other up, wanting to elevate our community. And um, I think we are stronger together when we're able to link arms. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, I can't wait to see what comes out of Biz Bestie Lounge, the networking groups and the collaborations that are happening, you know, moment by moment throughout our city. Yeah, I love that. And I 100% agree with you. I think some people's lived experience is that women can be competitive and tear each other down because that does happen. Oh, it sure. happens with men too. But when women do it, then we notice it even more. But all of that, like, even when I have heard, thankfully, that's not been my lived experience, but I know it, I know there are a lot of women who have had that experience. And when I hear about it, when I see examples of that, I come back to just thinking, well, that's, it's not, I bet that that woman at her core, that's not what she really wants. It's just that that's what she thought she's learned that that's what she has to quote unquote do Mm -hmm. in order to be okay for herself. And we have to unlearn those things too. And it's not, it's not because women can't be, women are too catty or women are too dramatic or women are too, too emotional, whatever, all those things you might hear. Mm -hmm. That's not actually true. You just have to get around the right people that help to know you're safe. You help them feel safe. And then you'd see the, I mean, we really are so much stronger when we don't see each other as competition. When we see like, Hey, I have something to offer you. You have something to offer me. Not in a like sleazy way, but just like there is, there is mutual benefit of us being connected. And even if we are exactly doing the same thing, there's a lot of realtors in that space. Mm -hmm. You don't show up to the space and go, Oh, I can't be here because there's other realtors. Right. Right. And we work together. We'll refer, you know, I, I had a colleague earlier this week that reached out to me that has a client that needs to sell uh, an equestrian property in Jacksonville. And she says, I know you know an agent who has experience with those kind of properties. Can we go in together on this referral? Absolutely. And yes. you know, the power of working together, the power of collaboration can really be magical. And you know, I think that that dynamic is all about mindset. And if you live from a scarcity mindset, you can get caught up in comparison or competition. But when you live from an abundant mindset and you know that there truly is plenty for all to go around that, um, you know, working together and, and collaborating can really be a dynamic process. Yeah. 
What are some things, I know this is now me asking you a question. This is what I do though, it's my coach, like I'm thinking about this, but what do you think for you are ways that help you stay in that abundance mindset? Because there can absolutely be times where it doesn't, there's, doesn't look like evidence of that or it doesn't feel like that. How do you keep yourself in that space? Uh, I think gratitude is definitely grounding for me. Um, just being thankful for, you know, I think every breath I take and every sunrise or sunset I see, I don't take life for granted. And for me, it was a very pivotal shift. Um, I, I lost uh, a family member and, and my nephew at 19 days old, totally unexpectedly. And from that moment, realized how precious life truly is and how none of us really know when our time comes, you know, because none of us get out of this world alive. And so at, at some point we will transition onto something else. Um, but when that happened, I really made a vow to myself and to my family that I was going to honor his life by trying to make the most of each and every day that I had while I'm still here. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's probably what really helps to, in those moments where, you know, life is hard or resources are thin, um, that's what really pushes me through is remembering that, you know, that little guy only got 19 days and I want to do him, I want to pay honor to him and um, try to make the most of each and every day that I have left. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing yeah. that. Absolutely. So for people who would love to attend a solopreneur social or join the Biz Bestie Lounge, what is the best way um, to follow you or contact you? So the or best thing to you. do Yes, you can find me in lots of ways this is on Instagram. Um, I'm at Kelly Abanda. So that's A-B-A-N-D-A. -A -A. You can find me there. And I, I will talk about all the things I'm doing in that space. And then um, bizbestielounge.com. You can go there to find out information about what that membership looks like. And you can join right from there. Solopreneur Social, I will advertise on my Instagram when it's happening. Um, also through Instagram, you can DM me and just say, hey, I've got some questions. I'm happy to do that. I love connecting with people, whether that's connected to these things or something else. You're thinking about coming to St. Pete and you're like, how did you make that move or whatever it is. I'm happy to make connections with people. And even if I'm not the person to get you to the right answer or to the right resource, if I know somebody who is collaboration, not competition, right? So if I know somebody who can help, I will connect you. Outstanding. Well, I will make sure that all of that information is in the show notes. And is there anything, any last um, thoughts that you would like to share? I think my last thought really, it's just, I just want to encourage anybody who's listening in that bigger scheme, like for sure, if it's like, I have an inkling to move to St. Pete, follow it. But in general, like pay attention to those nudges that you have and trust yourself to do something unexpected and be okay because there's magic on the other side. I often say magic happens 
at the intersection of planning and leaping. You mm-hmm. can't just think about it. You have to actually do something. Mm-hmm. And you can't always just act without any sort of forethought. But somewhere in the middle there is where the magic really happens. So if you want that magic, you've got to take some risk. And it's worth it. So do it. I love that. So I have just a few quick hit questions for you that are St. Pete related. I'm ready. Um, what is your favorite St. Pete spot that you've discovered in the year that you've been here? Well, t- six months. I've only been here six months. So there might be more. I'm sure that will happen. But Paso Grill Beach is one of my favorites. Um, I love that it is, it's not as commercial as other beaches in the area, but it's beautiful and it feels like more community oriented. And it, and again, it's just beautiful. So I, yesterday I got up and went and watched the sunrise over there um, and walked the beach and did some journaling and meditation. It was just so amazing. So that's one of my favorite spots. Awesome. What about your favorite place to eat? So that has been a little bit high. We'll be honest. I haven't found a lot of restaurants that I feel like, oh, I love this because I'm coming without realizing it. I'm coming from like a, a foodie place. Like LA has so many even every hole in the wall. But I will tell you, there have been a couple of places I've really loved. So the first is Lolita's, which is a wine and tapas kind of bar, but the tapas are complex flavors of, you know, the things that they put together. It's just, I've been there a few times and every time it's outstanding. So Lolita's is my favorite. And then I I actually just had lunch here today. So the library, their Brussels sprouts specifically, their Brussels sprouts are incredible. Yes, I also have to give a plug to their cauliflower. I, I love their cauliflower appetizer, but the library mm-hmm. is great. And it's such a unique atmosphere. I really love that mm-hmm. place. And I, I live on the South side. So I, I'm also a fan of uh, haunts on the South side of St. Pete. I will, if you're talking about South side. So one of my favorite coffee shops is South side coffee bar. I'm going to get that name wrong, I think, but it's called South side. Yes. It, they have a French latte that is so good. And I'm a coffee snob. So yes. so good. And for people in the area who are from Chicago, the owners are from Chicago because I remember we met there and um, she was giving us a lesson on the difference between cold brew and brewing coffee and just putting ice in it and why their French press is so good. Um and lastly, what would you say is the most unique discovery you have uncovered about St. Pete's? Um, so the two things that came to my mind first, they're not necessarily things that nobody knows about, mm-hmm. but I, I didn't realize, I think, before I got here. So the, there's a really big arts scene. So you can see that because there's murals all over St. Pete. So those are really fun to go look at. But there's a lot of events both in, so I spent a bunch of time when I first got here in Gulfport, which I love that little space. They have a lot of art focused activities, festivals, you know, things that are happening. And then St. Pete itself as the as the second Saturday um, art where all these galleries, you would have no idea. There's so many galleries, but there are so many. I've gone several times and I've only made it to a portion of all the galleries. So that has been really fun. And then um, I knew that manatees were a thing here, kind of, I guess, maybe somewhere in my mind, but I didn't, it's so exciting. So I went paddle boarding 
a few weeks ago and saw manatees for the first time and had one like swimming under my board and I just they're so cool yeah they're so cool so the ability to get out on the water though I think is you know there's water all around us so like I bought a paddleboard once I came here and just being able to be on the water but manatees are so cool yeah that was definitely what really kept me wanting to come back when I would go out on my travels is you know St. Pete literally is surrounded by water on three sides and, you know, having the Gulf and then the, um, the Bay one with waves, although people in California will laugh at our waves, but, you know, we have a little bit of wave action on the Gulf and then, um, the, the Bay that's nice and calm most of the time, except for when there are storms stirring around. But, um, yeah, I, I love I, I love being on the water and I read in, I don't remember where, but there was this statistic about people who live on or near water on average are 20% more calm than people who do not live on or near water. I can totally see that. And I, here is where I feel like I can even sense that in my own self. Cause even though I'm near water now, when I first came, I would, would go to the beach multiple times in a week for the sunrise and you know be by the water and whatever and hurricane ian kind of messed that up because you know obviously it wasn't anyway since ian i've done it less regularly but when i go and do it i notice a huge difference for myself like versus just staying inside and it's nice you can look outside or even just being in a space where the water's not far away there's a difference between knowing that it's there and then being at the water Mm -hmm. there there's just something about what that does and so I don't know what scientifically what's happening but energetically something absolutely happens whether Mm -hmm. you want to be in the water or not I know a lot of people here who don't want to be on the water Mm -hmm. but being by the water yeah makes a difference with seeing it yeah well thank you so much I loved this conversation and I hope that you have lots of um entrepreneurs join you at the VizBestie Lounge and um, and have collaborations with, with you and, and with our fellow um, entrepreneurs throughout the city. I love it. I welcome all kinds of conversations. And since we're virtual, if you're listening from somewhere that's not St. Pete, you yeah. can be a part of what's happening before you're even here, but also get your butt here. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you'd like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you can listen to future episodes.